Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of the I Can't Explain podcast. I'm your host, Gota T. And on today's episode, me and my guest, Ms. Hannah Maestro, will be discussing why we love horror movies. What makes them so good? You know, for some of you, why you just can't stand them. But without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, so I always like to ask my guests, like, just like kind of um, uh, like I'll ask like my guests, like how they're doing. It's just like kind of like a wellness check. So, mm-hmm. how you doing today? Um, I am doing pretty well considering the circumstances. Um. I am working on studying for my board exam. Mm. I have six weeks to do that. So all of my time, well, most of it is spent just putting my nose in a book. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) basically what you're saying is that if you pass, you could be like shoving needles into my arm. Yeah, with a license, right? I mean, I could do that at any time. (laughs) I'm just doing it with a license. Yeah, I I mean, like in in reality, anybody can do that. Yeah, yeah. But you'll be licensed to do that. Yeah. Ah, all right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so today we're talking about horror movies and specifically uh, why people like horror movies. Uh, So, Prior to uh, recording this episode, uh, we, we between the two of us, we kind of picked out some movies to to watch just so that um, we have like some common like films that we can uh, like discuss, like you know what we liked about it, uh, what makes it a true horror movie, and just uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, so the movies we chose were It Comes at Night, The Wailing, and uh, scream also cabin in the woods also cabin in the woods it was like kind of like interchangeable Mm -hmm. but uh yeah so those are the movies that we will like i guess be talking about together and then we also have like other movies that we've seen in the past that you know we'll be kind of giving our comments and opinions on uh throughout the episode so let's dive in yeah so um did you want to? So let's talk about it comes at night first. So, uh, just a background of the film, right? It's an A twenty four film, right? It's um, came out back in was it twenty seventeen? I don't know. I did not do my research. <laughs> <laughs> Bad on me. Um, but anyways, so uh, yeah, so it, it's uh, A twenty four horror film uh and then for people that might not be familiar with a24 it's um i don't know how you explain it's like kind of like a smaller like like studio like company yeah um and they usually fund like a lot more abstract and more i guess like kind of out there movie ideas i believe ari aster's work yes ari aster's like the witch um is is Midsommar and Hereditary? Yeah. Hereditary yeah, so also A twenty four films, but they also do like, uh, like you know, films other than horror movies. They mm-hmm. they did uh, Uncut Gems with uh, Adam Sandler. Whoa. Yeah, it, that was an A twenty four film. Believe it or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, um, Roy, Rodeo. So. Promise, perhaps. Huh. The- like, do you want to, pro- like, provide, like, a little premise of the... Yeah, um, I guess, like, the- should we... I should have let off with this. So, spoiler alert for those movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we'll be kind of talking about the plot and the endings and just dissecting the movie. So, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, did you want to talk about the plot then? Alrighty, yeah. Uh, so, I'll be talking about the plot of uh, It Comes at Night. Uh, so basically, it's um, actually it's very timely. It's um, kind of about, about uh, how the world has succumbed to this uh, infection. Uh, so you know, and it's interesting because the whole I guess the plot or well, the thing about the infection in the movie is that you don't really see 
people like catching these infections Mm -hmm. like it's not like a like a typical like zombie movie where like oh like you know like oh my god like he's transforming into like this infectious person like we need to you know like shoot him in the head and bury him in in the woods or whatever it's a very um it's very subtle with um i guess showing like what the infect the infected person looks like Mm. uh you know at the very beginning of the movie uh because you're following this family of three uh, or four actually and uh, so the, like the grandfather is sick with infection uh, but I guess like the the big tall tale signs of whether or not you're infected are you get like these warts all over your skin and then you kind of like start to like bleed from pretty much every hole in your body oh. um, but according to uh, like the, the the father in the film like you know like symptoms come up very sud- suddenly like so incubation period is like really really quick it's like within a day or w- within one to three days you, you know you 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 know you would know whether or not a person is infected yeah um but you you get that very brief uh opening with like the grandfather like he's like kind of like wheezing he's having a hard time breathing but it's very subtle about like you know what what this infection is so you're kind of left in the dark about that which I thought was really interesting, you know, because like the typical horror film, you know, it's like you 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 understand what I I feel like you 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 understand what exactly is the danger pretty like you know from the, from the jump, yeah. Uh, but it's a little bit different in this film where you're kind of like not sure what this infection entails, but you know it's like it like if you have this infection you die right um yeah so it's uh it's very subtle in that uh and i I think like my take on the movie i really liked how uh and we kind of talked about this earlier off off air but uh, uh i think in this film specifically the director you know purposely made these shots where it would kind of just like linger in the moment that just like awkwardly like linger in the moment where you're just like it's like in that moment and you're just like oh like you're just expecting for something to happen to for something to just jump out or for someone to get like you know like mangled by some kind of like infected animal but nothing happens and it'll ne- jump to the next scene mm-hmm. so it's very uh what is the word i'm looking for? like it's very subtle and it's like it, it's um it's kind of scary in the sense where you don't know what to expect. Exactly. Like, like you're kind of like you're at the same pace as the characters in, in the story. You, mm-hmm. know? Like you don't know, you don't know exactly what's happening, and um, that's what makes it terrifying. Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, and uh, and I think more so than anything else. With uh, it comes at night. It was a very, it was it was a psychological thriller. Uh, so, you know, uh, it follows this family and then, um, I guess like the, the pivotal, you know, moment in the movie is this other dude breaks into the family's house mm-hmm. and, um, whatchamacallit, uh, he, like he breaks into the house and what's happening is like the dude is like, like the, uh, the father of the house is very like distraught he's like oh what the fuck like who is this dude you know he's trying to like you know hurt my family and then you 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 come to find out that that dude has his own family of uh so it's him his wife and their young son and he's just like trying to find food and he's just trying to like gather uh like you know uh supplies for them basically Mm -hmm. so you know the two families come together and they, they live in the house together and um but the the family who owns the house, the family that you're following from the very beginning, they have a, they have one son, and he's like, I think the character is like 17 years old. So Travis, that's the character's name. Mm-hmm. So Travis is 17 years old, and um, from what I understood from the film, like he was like really close to his grand grandfather. So when you know they ended up having to, eventually kill, you know shoot and kill his grandfather, and they buried him out in the woods, and they actually burned the body, like it. It messed with him, like, like mentally, like psychologically, like it really affected him. 
So he's like throughout the movie, he's constantly having like these nightmares of like his, like in in the in the nightmare, like he'll be in his room, he sits up in the bed, and he he looks to his left, and like his grandfather's sitting there, you know, like all like pale skin, bleeding from his eyeballs, and um, and he, he's like freaking out, and uh, and I think it's like these, it, it's not necessarily a jump scare, but it's like these these scares that kind of build up these characters and builds up the story because eventually because of what happens in these nightmares like you you kind of lose track of what is reality versus um you know what what's what's just a nightmare because mm-hmm. at one point towards the very end of the film uh travis's dog or well the, their family dog like runs away mm-hmm. and the, the dog eventually comes back and um and you know like the dog is infected obviously like it's it's been like bit it's been attacked it's been mauled by some kind of animal or person um, you know and he's all distraught because that's like one of his only things that he has left of of his grandpa right right as would anybody be distraught um and uh so like the next couple scenes following that you know, like everybody's like all frantic because, you know, the the door to the outside world was left open. So mm-hmm. like everybody's worried whether or not um, someone in the household had opened the door, and if so, who opened the door? And the next couple nightmare sequences is of Travis like opening the door, going out, and purposely looking for his dog, possibly, you know, risking everybody to be infected versus like you know and then and then you start to question like is that a nightmare or is is that like him remembering recalling what happened because the whole thing was that um that everybody was being uh like was suspecting everybody else of opening the door yeah and you know and it's so like everybody's like kind of like everybody it kind of just turned into like a mad panic at the end and like long story short uh, Travis's family kills the other family because the little boy ends up getting infected and he's like coughing like crazy and he's crying and they find out that the little boy is infected so rather than um, like you know the other family just like leaving like they're trying to leave but you know with supplies and then it just kind of goes all downhill and everything just unravels Yeah. and the movie ends with Travis dying because he also you know came in contact with the little boy so he he dies and it's just the father and the mother of travis at a dinner table and you're just like whoa like you know because you see how you know the father is trying to protect his family but at the same time you know he turns into a monster himself Mm -hmm. and it's like this is uh it, it kind of like plays on your psyche because you're like, you know, is this is this supposed to be an example of like what hap- like deep like what happens when you're put into a situation where it's you versus you know someone else yeah like you know protecting your kin your family versus you know the lives of someone Others. else and it it makes you question you know it's like one of those films where it's a horror film you're scared and like. I like I remember watching the film and I, I was watch I was rewatching the film last night and um it was like really late at night and I and like uh, I, I vaguely remember the scenes that are coming up but like I remember like my arms and my legs just getting like really tense and I'm just like shaking I'm like oh god like what's gonna happen yeah that feeling I remember getting specifically from Hereditary the first time I watched it. Mm. Um, I I think like Hereditary is very similar to It Comes at Night in that the scares are very subtle and it's kind of like a slow burn, right? Where you mm-hmm. don't really know um, what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also really interested in the fact that it had no humor in it whatsoever. Mm. Um, I feel that many horror films, um, including The Wailing, mm-hmm. um, use horror. I'm sorry, use comedy as like a way to 
loosen right um, like lessen the tension, tension. yeah uh, and like mm-hmm. push your guard down so that you're you don't you know you don't think that a jump scare is coming for you and then a jump scare does come mm-hmm. but in hereditary i remember it was just it was just so tense throughout the entire film mm. and um i specifically remember um the first time i watched it i had to walk out i'd never walked out of a scary no <laughs> it was that so scary. you were you were like at the theater like you know with a friend or like a group in a group and you ended up walking out of the theater yeah just it was just me i like i i just ended up walking out and taking a little break wow too. um do you remember the scene where charlie dies spoiler alert guys sorry yeah um, oh well yeah so maybe like would you mind giving like a I know I like yeah, I really no, suck at giving a summarization, but like a no, really quick summarization uh, of the movie Hereditary. So Hereditary um, is about a family uh, who kind of falls under the shadow of uh, their grandmother, who mm-hmm. passed early in the film, um, and this family they're they're very um, they're not very close like they're very uh what's the word for it they're very distant with each other um and they're obviously very deep i guess emotional scars um, within the family and um there there are many secrets within the family and um should i just spoil the end should I just get in there? <laughs> yeah, go free, um, do so. Yeah. So it turns out that the grandmother is, um, she practices Satanism, and she attempts to put a demon into her grandchildren's body. Yeah, I think um, it was Charlie initially, right? It was. Well, it was the it was the girl of the family. Yeah, it was her initially. Well, technically, it was her son who then killed her killed himself. And then it became right. Charlie, mm-hmm. um, but this specific demon, Paimon, doesn't like to be in women's bodies, mm-hmm. so she had to transfer the demon into um, her other grandchild, who's um, Peter. Yes. Um, and so she does that through her cult, who kind of ma- manipulates certain situations um, to be able to ensure that happens, and um, in one specific in one scene, the cult places a dead body of a deer, mm-hmm. um, and Peter's driving Charlie to the hospital because Charlie is allergic to peanuts, and um, she ends up getting a reaction, and he's he ends up swerving. Well, yeah, she so she's like sticking her head out the window. She's right? sticking her head out the window. Because she's trying to get she's trying to get air, um, and he swerves into a light pole, mm-hmm. and her head comes off. Yeah, no, and I think um, I think the really cool thing about Hereditary was it kind of like foreshadowed that, like towards like the mid. Well, it, I think it was like on the way to the party, right? Like it foreshadowed like the pole. Yes. Yes that's that's a whole other thing um just how subtle the film is you have to really pay attention mm-hmm. to basically every single shot of the film to not you don't it's it's not imperative but it definitely supplements how um detailed mm. ari was in creating this film um for example the way the film Kind of symbolizes the demon entering the scene um, mm. is through a light mm-hmm. um, and in one scene uh tony colette's character i don't remember what her name was uh, she was a mother right um, um <laughs> uh, she is painting on her own and we see this like light flash which which symbolizes that the demon comes in but it's very small it's very subtle in the in the background and all of a sudden we'll see like this um, <clears throat> a paint bottle tip over on its own and it's very easy to miss you'll think that she accidentally hit it with her hand but it's actually just it happened on its own and I had to watch it two or three times to you know see that happening um, and it's these subtleties and it's this tension that you feel throughout the entire film I think that's 
what got me and that's why it's one of my favorite horror films because mm. you don't see um i guess you, you don't get the normal jump scare experience mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. you'll see like the tension building up and you'll see like pans yeah, and, and the shots like, right before right I, I think um what it was too is that it was just like pretty much like it i feel like i'll almost every scene included in the film like there was just like this this tone and this feeling of just like being very like un unsettling mm -hmm. you know so like even as you're watching it like you're like you're kind of like you're squirming in your seat you're not you're like oh like this doesn't feel right you exactly know? like it's just like it's not necessarily like a jump scare but there's just like this like this feeling where you're just like oh yeah. this, is, this is not right and it's not um it doesn't give you hints like as to like when a jump scare is coming like other mm -hmm. films do like music especially is like I think mm -hmm. a really big giveaway um, and I think what Ari does in this film is he um, replaces like the this scary music with silence really and that's mm -hmm. really what makes it scary is because you can see that Tony Collette is on the wall and she's kind of climbing um, on the roof and on the walls and mm -hmm. yet you don't hear anything which is really distressing because you're not used to i guess silence. yeah the silence yeah, it's like being like in a vacuum almost like. exactly um very similar with midsommar i mm. i believe you didn't watch this one i but, didn't get a um, chance to watch midsommar yet it was also really interesting in that um ari didn't he i i think have you seen the trailer for the film i have though, you yes. have um, it's literally filmed in broad daylight. The entire, like, yeah. almost the entire film is in broad daylight, and that's mm -hmm. so interesting because scary movies are, you know, the darkness, and mm -hmm. you're like you're constantly um, trying to, I guess, look within the darkness yeah. because, like, most of it is, you know, filmed in scary houses or mm. in the woods or something. But this yeah. is, it's it's it takes place. In the middle of summer, yeah, so. it, ju it juxtaposes like the the traditional idea of what a horror film is expected to be. Exactly, which I think is amazing. Um, yeah. Ari's work, I think, is, in my opinion, one of the best in the horror genre. Um, yeah. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. Though, <laughs> um, yeah, so the the million dollar question is, or well, I guess the the topic is. Um, like why 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 do people like enjoy horror movies? You know, I um uh, I did like a little bit of research because I know like this topic or this episode is gonna be a teensy bit more like educational and scientific and you know, to a degree, but it still be kind of like lighthearted. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, can, let, let me let me hear your take though. What why do you think like wh why do people enjoy horror movies? Because I know obviously there are people that are just like, no. Like, I'm not gonna watch, you know, like, I'm not gonna watch Insidious with you. Like, no, that's not happening. Like, let's go watch a rom-com. <laughs> let's go watch 21 Jump Street, you know, like a comedy or something, you yeah. know, but, and then there are also people on the complete opposite spectrum, like, like oh, let's go watch, um, uh, like, oh, like, as soon as Halloween comes out, like, let's go watch that or, um, yeah like you know like they're like horror horror fanatics mm -hmm. you know so um yeah so what, what do you think what is your take on the reason why people enjoy horror movies oh boy um i think that horror films or just thrillers or like in any mm -hmm. genre that's uh that kind of kind of takes away from the relaxation that is watching a movie yeah. um it's similar to riding a roller coaster mm. um or uh, you know what i mean like kind of thrill seeking mm -hmm. things to do and it's it's such a strange uh i guess idea to want to relax and sit and spend your time <laughs> watching the screen for two hours yeah. and you do it just to be terrified yeah. um <clears throat> But yeah, I think I think it's a really good way for people to challenge themselves and to mm. um, kind of explore mm -hmm. the darker aspects of someone else's mind, right? Because it's horror movies are commentaries to mm. 
the art like directors or writers minds and um yeah i think definitely for i mean personally for (laughs) they're all seeking purposes i can't speak for everybody some people just have an you know a need to watch scary films but for me yeah i do it so that i can uh, um i guess I, I think scary movies also challenge um, a lot of ideals, I guess. Mm. Like, very, a lot of films are, like, very controversial. Like, we, we see cannibalism in some films. Mm. We, um, we see things that aren't, I guess, seen Culture. in everyday life. Yeah, like, they're, they're not, you, you don't see them often, and um, it helps you... Kind of think you know like it puts you in a what if kind of a atmosphere too it's you know, i think horror films are great to think about and um, analyze mm. uh, what about you do you what, what yeah. do you think um what you know, draws i think you people? took all the good reasonings that was, that's pretty <laughs> much a lot of what you're saying was that was what i was going to say but i you know I, I totally agree yeah with um your statement about uh like how people watch horror movies to like as like a as a thrill Mm -hmm. um like i i actually as i was doing my research uh, i came upon this um this one article from the inland norway university of applied sciences Mm -hmm. and according to film scholar soren berkbant uh he says in psychology we call this act uh this activation of a feeling uh, it's called emotional regulation um, they're basically like uh, yeah it's just basically the idea of like when you ride a roller coaster or when you go to like a haunted house it's um, being able to gauge like a person's limits or your own individual limits in a safe well quote unquote safe setting right you know in, in a controlled setting uh, but yeah I think that's I, I think for some, for a lot of people, I think that's what, um, I think that that's definitely like an appeal for uh, horror movies or scary movies is being able to like enjoy something that'll like scare you. Like it, it's you know something that usually might not happen in your daily life where you might be scared on a regular basis, but it's like this like you you get this adrenaline rush in it and it be like oh my god like. It, it makes you feel alive almost. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, I think um, for all my big brain boys out there, uh, I think a, a, you know there are a lot of horror movies out there or scary movies that, like you were saying, are able to be commentaries on, you know, on uh, like just everyday life. You know, for example. Uh, the uh, Night of the Living Dead, the original version. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if uh, people are aware of this, but so the original version, like the black and white version, was supposed to be a commentary on racism, actually. Oh, because the at the end, the last person standing is a black man, and um. So like they boarded up the house and they were able to make the night, and um, so like as as the the sun is coming up, he's like taking off the the boards from uh, the windows, and then he sees like a group of survivors like making making their way towards the house. So instinctively, right, he goes out and he's like trying to catch their attention, and uh, without without even like questioning it they just shoot and kill him like this mob of white white males end up shooting and killing him mm-hmm. even though he wasn't a zombie and they don't even question whether or not he was a zombie they just i think like i think that a quote was like oh like another one we, you know like you know like they, it's not even like a question of whether or not like he was a survivor or a zombie or somewhere in between so and then I know um, uh, the remake done by um, oh what is his name I'm blanking out right now Zack Snyder 
Was it Zack Snyder? Well, it was like Night. Uh, not Night of the Living Dead, but it, it, like that zombie movie where they were in the mall. I don't know which. I, I feel like there are five billion zombie movies out there. Yeah. But there's like the the one version where they're at the mall, and I know, like there are like subtle undertones of, like, this idea that like, um, of capitalism and like you know like this this need for what you want. So they're put into this situation where they have everything they've they you know they can dream of what they want at their fingertips, but you know, obviously they're in a scenario where, like, it doesn't matter, like, it's pointless. Right. Um, but yeah, so I think it's kind of cool like that, where, like, horror movies can address those kind of situations, but also I think it's kind of cool where, like, directors and writers can take, like, these fears and these, and these ideas that we're really comfortable with, or, you know, in, in situations where we feel safe, so, for example, the film that we uh, uh, that we kind of assigned ourselves to watch, The Wailing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I, I didn't really catch this until like this, my second and third time viewing this film, but it was like kind of hostile towards like the family unit, because in the very beginning of the film, right, the film kind of opens up with. Uh, the father who's a police sergeant yeah. and he's called up in the middle of the night because there, there's been a uh, there's been a murder mm-hmm. and uh, in their family unit it's the husband who's the who's a police sergeant his wife um, I think it's her mother so the grandmother I mean their little their little daughter so the grandmother insisted before he leaves for work like that he eats breakfast with them so like in the next shot like they're all like you know, it's morning, they're all like eating breakfast together. And, um, and despite, <laughs> despite being called because there's been a murder, you know, he, he takes the time to sit down with his family and to enjoy the moment. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because of that, he's late for work and he gets shit from his higher up. Right. But, um, you know, and as the movie progresses though, the, the person who is directly affected because of, all the happenings going on in the movie is the daughter mm-hmm. you know so it's like this attack on the family unit because um, in asian culture and I, i'm 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 sure you're aware of this but in asian culture right the family unit is like kind of held above almost all, all other things yeah you know like like the family unit is one you know we move as a unit we are a unit you know um and then you can see it in like asian culture too because like a lot of times like you have like multi-generational households mm-hmm. uh, so yeah it's like this attack on this safe idea where like if we stick as a unit if we stay as a family like we're, we're safe but it kind of like take like takes apart that idea yeah the, the, the daughter is like basically like cursed mm-hmm. and then spoiler alert but she ends up killing the mom and the grandma and the father eventually at the very end of the film yeah you know, so yeah, like so the uh, the director and the writer were able to like take this safe idea, like this idea where you think, oh, you know, like nothing ever happens to the family. Mm-hmm. You know, like if they stick together, but yeah, that's exactly what they did. Like they took it apart, and um, you know, uh, so yeah. I think, um, and fi- sorry, adding to that, um, the dad no, no, finding yeah. out that. It was his fault. Yeah. That was a whole other thing because he took the blame. That also further tore up the whole family idea. Mm-hmm. But um, this is reminding me of Parasite. Mm. We're talking about yes, commentary. Yes, because although on Parasite it. isn't like a horror movie, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I think that it was a really interesting um, take. Like it. it didn't necessarily tear apart the family if anything it kind of um focused on the bond that the family had um well and it depends which family you're talking about if you're talking about the park family that's right that's right um or the kims we're talking about the kims the kims are the ones who um or i i think the park family is the rich family yeah we're talking about the other guys the uh the The other guys yeah. yeah um 
yeah, definitely focus more so on their bond. And instead of like tearing it apart, they kind of, um, I guess we're united towards the end. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. considering the fact that at the end, the son was still looking for his dad and finding a way to yeah, get, ba- get him back. Yeah. Dying. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think yeah. another really interesting um, topic that I've been thinking about in terms of horror movies is the whole nature versus nurture aspect of fear itself because if you think about it how do we know what we're do you mean this is kind of (laughs) weird to explain um do you think that our fears are learned or do you think that there's some sort of uh i guess primal uh kind of thing in our head that we've learned through generations of like fear you know what i mean like um let's say vampires right we we, we're like just monsters with fangs how do we know to be afraid of that (laughs) you know what i mean right how do we know that we should be putting these in horror movies or um darkness like um, just that general theme um it's such an interesting thing to think about Mm. just the birth of like these um i guess these horror themes mm. or uh, horror yeah. topics oh that is true i mean like i uh, we need to address your like your, your question i think um it could possibly be stemming from like cultural like mythology and stuff mm. like that because you kind of see that in in certain films where um like you know like the um the babadook yeah it, where like basically the the evil in in the film is like this boogeyman kind of character but you know the the idea of a boogeyman kind of is a multilingual multilingual multicultural idea you know because in every culture there's some shape or form or idea of a boogeyman yeah Yeah. or even like um yeah so like in culture or even like in history yeah you know where um um like when uh like when sailors would go out into the high seas and they wouldn't return and, and stories would be made up like oh they the kraken got him you know <laughs> the kraken and his giant squid and it, it'll take you down if you're not safe right? or yeah. whatever such an interesting thing um, but, i don't know that is a good question to yeah. kind of ponder upon though whether or not yeah like nature versus nurture you know, the, why we're scared of certain things. Do you, I, I feel like it could be a combination of both easily. I, I um, easily think it, it definitely could be a combination of both, you know? And I think it, I think it comes down to like the unknown mm-hmm. as well. Like if you're not, if you're uncertain about something, like even like in normal daily life, like if you don't know, um, like how you did on that test, like you, you're uneasy, you're anxious, yeah. you know, vers- and then, or as a little kid, or even some adults out there, guilty. Uh, <laughs> but like you're you're going into like you're you have, you have to cross a hallway that's like pitch black, yeah. and you're just like. Ooh. Well, I've done that in a very empty hospital hall once. Zero out of ten. Yeah, it's it's Ooh. so interesting because you don't know where it's sort. I mean, I guess you've seen it in horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what like if someone never saw a horror film their entire life mm. do you think that they'd be scared of anything theoretically i don't know well, you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like they were kept in a cave yeah yeah they never learned <laughs> maybe <laughs> they not never... a cave yeah. <laughs> cave isn't necessary uh, just they just never have seen any horror film they've never ex- been exposed to the horror genre at all like do you think that huh. they'd it's just, i don't know it's something to think about. Now. What? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of cool. Um, huh. yeah. that, is, that is an interesting question. That is something we will definitely have to do another episode about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's something I can't explain. Do more research. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, but uh, kind of going back to like how horror movies are able to like take apart things that make us comfortable. I know um, there's this one film on Netflix that I saw. I think it's called The, the Void. Okay. I believe. I think that's what it was called. But but the majority of the film takes place in uh, like this, like the like the sheriff department's building, right? And you would think, you know, common sense. Like you would think, like that that would be like probably your safest bet as far as like where you would be safe. But they totally just like ripped that apart, and they're like, no, like you know, it's not safe. This is act, and then yeah, like regardless whether or not it was like a sheriff's building or like someone's house, or yeah, like house invasion movie, like mm. horror films, like. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of one. I mean, going back to Midsommar, you'd think that daytime is yeah, yeah, exactly, completely safe and right. nothing scary could happen, but the complete opposite. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's it's yeah. pretty it's pretty wild because yeah because like we kind of talked about like how horror films are I I think distinctly connected to darkness. Or yeah. the unknown, or you know, like nighttime. But yeah, and then like Midsummer just like totally scraps that. Like, nope, we're gonna do this in broad daylight because um, we're cool like that, <laughs> and we're we're it, you know, because we don't rely on jump scares. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or even um, like I remember watching Insidious the first time, and that one scene where the mom and dad are in the kitchen, they're having a conversation, and it's, it just seems like a very like regular conversation and all of a sudden like the Darth Maul looking thing demon comes like is like behind the dad and he's like oh shit and it's like broad daylight and they're in the kitchen and you're just like you you're not expecting that and you're like oh exactly oh oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and um that other scene where the woman is or the wife is um she's taking out the trash right and yes you don't you don't catch it at first but there's a there's a little boy um within one of the one one of the shots and it's so subtle because you don't mm -hmm. there are no like scares or uh, sounds that kind of hint Cue it yeah yeah um and it's in broad daylight so it's 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 amazing when i guess writers and directors can kind of create fear yeah out of something that isn't fearful it, Clowns. There's that whole clowns. clown thing. Holy moly! Yeah. Back in like, like what 2016, there was that whole yeah, clown like the craze. Whole, yeah, and it it kind of coincided with the release of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah, but to think, I guess like uh, like before that, like well before like the idea of like killer killer clowns and in, in horror movies and stuff like that, like. Parents thought it was a good idea to invite a clown to a kid's birthday party. Hey, like, hey. Oh my god, here's I a had a clown at my birthday party <laughs> at some point <laughs> in my life. I have pictures of it, it was fantastic. <laughs> this just comes to show though, like the, just the development of these ideas that people can have just to make everyday things. It's something as innocent and as funny and supposed supposedly silly as clowns into something mm. terrifying. <laughs> but on that note though, it's kind of crazy because like, does art mimic life or or life mimic art? Because like um, there's the whole like John Wayne Gacy thing where he would dress up as a clown and he would like murder these kids. Yes. You know? So like like what came first? The clown horror genre or the clown killing kids? That's that's another thing right? to think kind of, about. Like it's like a scary it's a scary concept. Yeah. Cause like what like where is the boundary between fiction and reality you know blur mm -hmm. right because like there are even films like well historical fictional films where you know they'll they'll take like the basis of an event that happened in history so let's say like world war ii or something and all these like um like all these like terrible experiments that the nazis did mm -hmm. and then you you get a film like 
what is it called? I think it's Overload. Um, where it's basically like it's. I think it's like the the the, the plot of the movie is that it's like the ending, or near the ending of World War Two, but they're like experimenting, or like the Nazis are. The Nazi regime is like experimenting and like creating like zombies and like mutant humans and stuff like that, you know. So, like, yeah. So there, there are horror movies like that where it's like, like historical nonfiction. So they take like this historical piece in history and like they they spin it in a certain way. Right, right. Um, not to get too off topic. Yeah, not to get too off topic. But hopping into American Horror Story, mm. they play so much with history. Roanoke. Yes. Um, I mean, even the, the Nazi experiments, um, yeah. season two. Was that Asylum? Yes. Yeah. That was Asylum. Um, they take a dip into the future with Apocalypse and um, Salem, <laughs> the, the Witch Trials in mm. season three. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, th- that's a really interesting thought. Like the mm. whole, um, what came first? Yeah. <laughs> right. The so like, yeah, it just like it life. just creates this whole another dimension of horror movies. Yeah. Jeez. Like so instead of so like you're you know you're hanging out with it, your friends. Like, yeah. Instead of watching a horror movie, let's watch this documentary. Horrible things that have happened in history, and it's almost like a a, a nonfiction horror movie if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It makes you think, um, what could I do with, let's say, teddy bears? I mean, uh, that's definitely right. a horror thing, right? Yeah, well, well I mean, like, Chucky. Yeah, oh, and yeah. You, like, you take, like, this, this <laughs> like doll. doll, and then you turn into a psycho killer. Yeah. God, is there something that hasn't been made into a horror <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Jaws created like this phobia of people like being eaten by sharks and yeah. like, not wanting to go to the beach um, um what else um eggs 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 no sorry this is so strange but there was a film that i watched about a clown um and what he does is he puts i believe the souls of clowns into eggs and there are different clowns, there, there are different killer clowns. What? And if you smash an egg, then you kill this clown. Whoa. So I'm so sorry, like this is just so strange so and random. off topic, but um, eggs are also definitely part of Alien. <laughs> <laughs> Alien was an egg. Anything really, um, yeah, disease. Or, yeah. um, or how Michael Myers turned, um, what was that dude's yeah the dude from star trek but basically like because like right because the michael myers mask is like the mold of that guy's face mm-hmm. sorry um or how J- uh, jason Voorhees turned hockey mask into yeah. like this horror I- icon like iconic horror item exactly interesting yeah. lots of um i never really thought about how horror movies have kind of influenced society and co- pop culture exactly hmm. right it is it's it's pretty crazy and like you know so when people are like i don't like horror movies they're like yeah so you're saying that you don't like yeah like there, there are a bunch of stuff that i think stem from horror movies mm-hmm. or like you know like horror movie concepts yeah yeah. Or it's just like, yeah, you don't like horror movies? Like, you don't like, you don't, you don't enjoy the idea of, you know, like, like having like, you know, like adrenaline rushing and stuff like that. Like, you don't like, like, you don't like going on roller coasters or you don't like, you know. Um, I think the main thing that, I guess, or I, I the, the, the main thing that makes people not want to watch horror films is the after so the thrill is i, I imagine mm. is it's one thing but the, the maintenance or like the um just having that image of like a 
terrifying old woman standing mm. in the window you know like it, just in your head while you're trying to sleep like that's a whole other thing like mm-hmm. i i think people don't like watching scary movies because of the vulnerability that they feel yeah. late at night when they're alone in their bed and mm. they don't you know they yeah. have that image like as you're lying in bed and you see like that that, that, that weird shadow, shadow. Yeah. Like, oh, it's not real it's not real <laughs> so I, I definitely understand why people wouldn't want to watch scary movies um, mm. for that reason um, and it's funny because that reminds me of like that one Key and Peele skit where like <laughs> like they're walking from the theater I guess like they park uh, like so they park really far from the theater and then yeah, like, they're walking yeah, back they're like oh, I'm not scared like that's like, oh, it's all fake, and then, like, the cat runs by. They're like, oh, 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 oh. oh. They're just um, paranoid. The yeah, and then, like, yeah. Love that one. Um, oh, that man, one's but, a really good skit. Um, oh, yeah, I think you make a valid point when you say that, though, because I, I definitely get that way. Even if it's, like, for a little bit, though, like, as soon as you finish watching a movie, like, you're walking down the hallway, and it's, like, pitch black, and you're like, is there something in front, like standing in front of me, mm-hmm. or like you'll be like passing by a window and like I think I just saw someone on the street yeah. staring at our house, and you like you just like freak you freak you freak yourself out. Yeah, exactly. Um, this actually reminds me when you said like the whole window thing, and I also brought up the old scary woman in the window. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I literally during the wailing there was that that naked lady Dude, at the window, I right? Um, and it, it made me think I, I was I was watching last night and it's kind of the reason why I couldn't really sleep last night. <laughs> um, I, I realized that there are certain themes that um, people are scared of, right? Like for me, it's like creepy postures, like people with unnatural or you know, like strange very wonky postures mm. that you don't see every day that's what gets me putting that in a window terrifies me even more <laughs> um and it's it's like it makes you think um of what gets to people right. i think that's a really that's another really interesting thing like for you what do you know oh man like, i think um I think like the yeah for me I think it's more of like the unease or yes. like the unknown like yeah. not knowing like what's like what's coming so I think a lot of times like for me I think the most effective and scariest horror movies are the ones with like um, that have like really good sound designs mm-hmm. and like re- make r- good use of like their music or lack of music in some situations because yeah. like the music will build the tension and like you know maybe like the camera's like panning across like a hallway or panning across a room and you're just like oh my god that, <laughs> like that that's what that's what gets me is like the, the it is like the uh, like the anxiety anxiety of it like the build up and just like oh crap like what's oh my god yeah. like, i know there's something there like oh no or like you're watching and you're like oh shit like she's on the ceiling like right. what the oh no <laughs> no 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 yeah, that I mean, for me though, that that's that that's what gets me in horror movies. It's like yeah. that that build up, that tension, anxiety. Yeah. Like for me, it's not necessarily the jump scare, but it's like the build up to the jump scare. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I I imagine that's what a lot of people are afraid of with scary movies. It's, I mean, a scary movie is like knowingly walking into a home. Or I'm sorry, walking into a home knowingly knowing <laughs> just rephrase this whole thing walking into a home knowing that there is something in the house waiting to come and mm. jump in front of you and scare the living sh- or even like um like sinister have you seen that film yes oh yes. my god that was a really good film because yeah. i think because yeah. that one was like yeah it was like the sound design it was the, the story mm-hmm you know where it's like these like these people are like filming like like murdering their families and stuff like that right. and like this um is it ethan hawk i think it's ethan hawk but ethan hawk's character is like watching these films and he's like oh, 
he's like, what, what's happening? Like, you know, like he doesn't know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, yeah, I think for me, I think specifically like in horror movies, I think the horror movies that get me are supernatural horror movies. Because like, you know, if it's like a creature or a person, there's like this rationalization that I can hurt it or I can kill it, mm-hmm. you know, but you can't kill or that's like I guess in in the traditional sense in the common traditional sense like you can't kill a spirit or you can't kill a demon like right. you know you have like there's like an like you have to get an exorcism or mm-hmm. you know all, all those like different things you know I'm actually quite the opposite really I am most scared of um like home invasion films or mm. films with like human beings killing other human beings because it's so much closer to our reality mm. and that's what that's what really gets to me because it's like man this could happen to me at any day you know mm. it's just it builds like that that fear that's so realistic and it's so um it, it, it can happen anytime mm. and that's really what gets to me um you know like vulnerable sitting there knowing that hey there could be a scary serial killer (laughs) see and then that brings me to the topic of kind of just like wrapping this episode up but how horror movies in recent memory like within the last 30 years have become very meta with like movies like Scream and Cabin in the Woods like What's your scary, your favorite scary movie? <laughs> you know, and like, you're just like, what? Like, what? what? Like, you know, like, you're asking what your favorite scary movie is in a scary movie. Yeah. And, you know, and it's very meta. And, like, even, like, as, like, the movie is, like, progressing, like, you know, like, the characters are, like, rule number one of scary movies, like, you know, don't, don't say I'll be right back or whatever, or like, you know, like, don't have sex in, in, in the movie, you know, don't have sex, and what, oh, what else are they saying? Um, don't split up. That's don't split up and something like that, you know, and like, it's like very meta because it's just like, that's exactly what people do in horror movies. Yeah. Or like, oh, you make sure like your shoes are tied on correctly. Yeah. Like, you're gonna, tr- like, don't trip or whatever, you know. Um, Cabin in the Woods does that really, really well. Yeah, um, and I think, yeah, like, because Scream was, um, like, nine in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. right? And that's the same writer as Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, interesting. I, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Wes Craven. Interesting, I didn't know that. Yeah, but even, like, for um, uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, though, Mm-hmm. Uh, the right or the director Wes Craven got the idea uh, because like there's like these these um, these string of cases where people just well you, you know the plot of Nightmare in the Nightmare uh, Nightmare on Street right yeah, yeah so like these strings of cases where people would just like die in their sleep like they're healthy you know normal people. A lot of times, I think they were like teenagers or young adults, right. and they just be they'd be found in their in their in their apartments or whatever, dead. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, Wes Craven would scream and how like it became very meta. A Cabin in the Woods. Fantastic film. I watched that one recently. Um, Should have watched it earlier, but <laughs> um, I really liked their play on on the whole horror movie. I, I just, um, I don't know, I, I feel like there's always been that curiosity for me um, to want to see different horror creatures, not really, inter- well, yeah, interact, really. And um, There have been several films that have done that, like a Sadako versus... Oh, um, yeah, it's like really Kai- like gimmicky. Yeah, yeah, and um, what was her name? Kayako? Huh? Kayako, is that her name? The woman from the grudge, I believe that was her name. I think so, yeah. Yeah, J- Jason and um, Freddy. Yeah, very interesting films and Cabinet and the was just shoved all of them. Yeah. <laughs> the- I think it was like what I what I liked about it personally is um, like they addressed like they they really leaned into like being meta where mm-hmm. like 
they had like the archetypes for horror movies, like the stoner, the jock, <laughs> the hot girl, the virgin, the nerdy guy. Mm-hmm. And know? what they do, what they choose to do, and they yeah. make they place and then bets. How, like, there's like that one scene in the film where um, Chris Evans' character, not Chris Evans, um, Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth's character <laughs> is like, oh, you know, like let's search the house, like let's stay together, and then like they like turn up, like they pump in like pheromones or something into the into the air and like all of a sudden like it split second he's like oh never mind let's split up you know and then like because like in horror movies you're like why would anybody like in their right mind split up like right. it just doesn't make any sense but then like they they, they start turning on like these these pheromones like because like it's chris hemsworth and the girl and they're in the forest and all of a sudden like they just want to like go at it yeah you know and like any logical person would be like this is not the right time and even they thought that at first yeah. right and Until then like they all of a sudden like they start pumping, pumping like the hormone like the yeah the hormones exactly. into the air and then they're just like having at it yeah sorry well i heard some spooky sounds i don't know no that was me no it, it was a ghost <laughs> <laughs> no um yeah, very very interesting topic. Thank you for yeah, having no, me over. Yeah, no, of course. Um, but yeah, before we kind of wrap it up, though, I always like to hand it off to my guests. If um, you feel like we missed anything, anything you want to add on to the topic? Um, if anything, I am walking out of this with more questions and more determination to watch <laughs> more spooky films. I think... Um, Definitely the nature versus nurture and then the art before life versus life before art. Definitely really interesting topics that I'd like to explore and right? think it, about. Yeah, it's, it, 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 like it's like, it seems like a waste of brain power, but it is one of those like things that you just want to, like you're, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to ponder now. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a waste. I like, I mean, being someone who's really, really interested in horror films, like I, it's a it's a hobby, you know. It's a, <laughs> I think it's worth my time. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Definitely. Oh, you know what though? Uh, because of just like the nature of this episode, let's on a, like let's end on like a wreck. Um, so maybe we'll do two from you, two from me. Maybe like like a wreck for some really good horror movies. Oh, sorry, I wasn't familiar with that term. A recommendation. Oh yeah, yeah, like a recommendation. <laughs> Hereditary. Um, Hereditary. I'm so sorry for spoiling it for you guys. <laughs> Just pretend it didn't happen, oh. but it was it's one of my favorite films. Um, so definitely check that one out. And um, I think a really good classic that I grew up on is um, the 1981 version of The Evil Dead. Ooh, Super fun stuff. Yes. Um, it's like it's a it's a cult classic. You just got to watch it, I think. Um, uh, yes. There's also a remake. That one was pretty good too, surprisingly. Oh, the most re- or like the the, the 2013 yeah. version. That one was pretty good. Um, yeah, those are two Rex from the T. Mm, very, good Rex, very good Rex. Very good Rex. Thank you. Um, well, although we kind of semi spoiled it, I think um, I definitely would recommend The Wailing. It's uh, although it's so it's a foreign film. It's uh, it's a Korean yeah it's a Korean uh, horror film. It's called The Wailing. Uh, it's definitely a must see though for anybody that is interested in horror. It's a really good film. Just sit through it and just read the damn subtitles. Cause it's <laughs> it's worth it. It's really it good. And the visuals are stunning as well. Yeah, I think it's just it's just such a good film. Yeah, so definitely. Um, the Wailing, and ah, see, this is so hard. I, I, I was the one that like brought this up. It's so hard to just choose two. Yeah, no, there's so many good films out there. Um, yeah, so definitely The Wailing, uh, available on Amazon Prime. Is there a film that you watched in your childhood that got to you? Oh man, uh, actually, I think. A film that really stuck with me was, and it's not necessarily a film. It was like a hmm. TV adaptation or like a series, but oh. a classic it series. 
There was a series? It was like a made-for-TV like series. So it was like... So everybody thinks like the original It was a film, but it was actually like a t- made-for-TV. Like, oh. It was broken up into like five parts. Or right, whatever. right. I know but what you're talking about. That messed me up as a kid. I'll definitely take a look at that. I've heard oh, actually, you know what? Talking about k- killer clowns. Um, <laughs> so first wreck, The Wailing. Second wreck, um, Terrifier. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's like very random. It's it's like almost borderline goofy. Yeah. But it's like kind of like disturbing. Kind of messes with your brain. Love that. Actually, I re- I redact that statement. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, the Wailing and The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Have you seen that film? Oh yeah. Oh, that, that one's a good one. Really good. That yeah. one will mess you up for a hot, <laughs> hot minute. Because it certainly it did for me. Yeah. It was really good. Mm-hmm. That I, one I think I watched on Netflix. Yeah, it should be up yeah. there. But that one was really good. I think the way that it like kind of unravels the mystery unravels itself, it's yeah. so disturbing. Oh, it's <laughs> Getting chills but, from that, yeah. Yeah. But definitely I would say um Top four recommendations from me between me and Hannah, but definitely check out the films that we mentioned in the podcast. Uh, we mentioned uh, Midsommar uh, a little here and there, Jaws, yeah, uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream, uh, A Cabin in the Woods. Um, it comes at night. It comes at night. Um, Hereditary. Hereditary. So many. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Feel free to check those films out because definitely worth a watch. But on that note, I will uh, hand it over to Hannah though. So if you want to plug anything, this is your moment. Anything coming up or anybody you want to plug or... The only thing I could think about is um, a good friend of mine, Seichi. Um, he will be releasing an EP very soon. Um, so that's definitely something to look forward to. Um, if you want to follow him, he, you can find him at seichi.music. That's, um, S-E-I-I-C-H-I dot music on Instagram. Um, yeah, definitely check his tunes out. It's really good. Um, I really enjoy it. Um, that's, that's basically all that I've got. (laughs) Alrighty, <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, thank you, Hannah, for being on the podcast. Thank Truly you for appreciate me. it. Um, this was so fun. Thank you so <laughs> much for this experience. Of course. But uh, yeah, thank you again, folks, for listening. This has been another episode of the I Can't Explain podcast. I'm your host, Go to T, signing off.